0: Thank you for tuning in to Weathering the Storm Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles.
1: Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Rus Suttles. I so thank you for uh, listening in today. We are in Season 3 of Weathering the Storm, and today we are on Episode 8. We have been going through a series of studies, uh, of character studies, to examine how certain individuals were able to weather the storm. And the hope of this podcast and the hope of this season is to look at their example and to strive to make the application to our lives that we may be able to weather the storm uh, that we may face. Before we get into our study, as always, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go into like the Scattered Abroad Network on Facebook, uh, to find us on Instagram, and to pray for this effort as we're striving to come together and to have this, this network where you can come and find content uh, every day. And this, these podcasts that we're putting together, we're doing so all to the glory of God and striving to use this avenue to spread the word of God to as many people as we can. In our last episode, we examined the example of David. And we talked about the fact that David was one who had to weather a lot of storms. He faced a lot of difficult times. He had a lot of ups and downs. But ultimately, we could learn from him as he was a man of God's own heart of what he did when he faced the storm of consequences because of his actions and how he was able to turn back to God, put his faith and his trust in God. And God, of course, blessed him in a great way. And so we took some time to look at David. We looked into the account in 2 Samuel 11, but we also made the application to Psalm 51 of how we need to have a, a penitent heart like David did and trust that we can be forgiven so we can move forward. Well, today we want to examine the example of Elijah. And like David, Elijah is one that we read about all throughout the scriptures. Of course, he's one of the the most famous prophets that we read about, and a lot of his work is recorded in the book of 1 Kings. But you also consider the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember Jesus was there, and it says that Moses and Elijah were there, Matthew 17. Also, when Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Some say Elijah. Furthermore, when Jesus was on the cross, you remember when he called out to God, some said he's calling for Elijah. And so Elijah was someone who, of course, God's people were very, very familiar with. And as students of the Bible, we need to remember the example of Elijah because we can learn a lot from him. Some of the negative things, but of course, some of the positive things about him being a great spokesman for God. Today, as we think about Elijah, want to strive to weather the storm like he did when it comes to depression and anxiety. You know, as I record this, it's December the 2nd, 2020, and I know that the holidays are a very difficult time for a lot of people. We have to deal with loss. We have to deal with loneliness. Of course, the weather being it colder and it being uh, getting darker sooner it just makes for um, A lot of negativity, if we allow it to. And so this is a time when depression is at an all-time high. And we have a lot uh, going on in our world right now. There's a lot of anxiety and worry. Whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the election, whatever it may be, this time seems to magnify it. So I believe this this episode today will be fitting and hopefully be uh, relatable to all of you who are listening and if you're going through this right now, maybe you're struggling with depression, you're battling a tough time with anxiety or, or worry, I hope this will be helpful for you. But also if you're someone who's trying to help someone else who's going through that, then hopefully this episode will be helpful for you as well. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to first Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. I mentioned to you that much of the work of Elijah is found in the book of First Kings, of course, we have Elisha and a lot of his work there in the book of Second Kings, but you may recall in First Kings 18 that there's a great victory, and this victory is on Mount Carmel. You remember all the prophets of Baal came out, and then you had Elijah, and Elijah basically told them, all right, you have all of these individuals trying to serve this false god. I'm a servant of the true God, and let's put it to the test. You call on your gods, I'll call on the one true God, and we'll see what happens. And you remember they put the sacrifices up, and and Elijah said, you know, just go ahead and pour water on it (laughs) multiple times to prove his point. And of course, fire came down from heaven and consumed it, and the prophets of Baal uh, were killed after that. It was a a wonderful victory for Elijah. No doubt people uh, understood, and they cried out, the Lord, he is uh, God. He is the one true God. And so what a wonderful victory moment in history and definitely a great moment for Elijah. It must have been a a great uh, faith strengthening moment in his life. But you know, even though that victory was great, when you come to 1 Kings 19, you find out that Elijah was struggling with something. It says that Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, said, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And so Elijah hears the news that even though he's just had this great victory and even though all these prophets have been killed, now there's a, a, a target on his back and he is receiving word that he is going to die. You know, if I would have heard news like that, I don't know how I'd respond, but I'd like to think that if I would have had such a great victory like that, and God was able to show that great power, that this wouldn't bother me as much. So you know what? God's on my side. I'm not worried about what she has to say. But we see his human nature come in. We see his response. And In verse 3 of chapter 19, it says that when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Verse 4 says, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came, and he sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. You come from such a high, such a great victory, to such a low. Now he is in this position where he's ready to die, and he's ready to give up. There's so much in this great this great chapter, and we could spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to get to, to some main thoughts for you today. Some things to think about from this great text. Of course, as you continue reading, you know that, that God would provide for him. He sent an angel to give him food to strengthen him, and he gave him the reassurance that he was not alone. But there are three things that jump out to us from this account, First Kings 18 and 19, and what Elijah went through. First, even after a great victory, Elijah felt alone. A second thing that jumps out to us is that he wanted to give in and he wanted to give up. When he heard this news, when he thought that his life was going to be taken from him, he, was, he just threw in the towel. He was ready to go. He was ready to quit. And sometimes we may feel that way as well. But then here's something else to consider, a third point, is that Elijah felt like he was the only one trying to do the right thing. We know that from the text, and twice we find it. In verse 10 of chapter 19, he says, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And again there in, at the end of verse 14, I alone am left. He felt like he was the only one And you may be listening to this today and you may have family members who are lost. You may have co-workers who don't care one thing about religion. You may feel like you're the only one and you may feel like it is just such an uphill battle. You're struggling and you're all by yourself. I hope that this will provide some encouragement to you and for you because we know Elijah was not alone. He was not by himself. God was with him. And the way that he carried him through to that great victory on Mount Carmel, he was able to carry him through this difficult time as well. As we think about the application and bring this episode to a close, I want to share some thoughts with you. First thing is, you are not alone. You are not alone. There's something very powerful found at the end of this account. And it's there, beginning in verse 15, After Elijah has has said his peace to God, he's ready to give up. He says, I'm all by myself. I'm alone. Listen what God says. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. You shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Ebal, and Maholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill Whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet, verse 18, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. He is reassuring Elijah that he's not alone. He says, I have 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to to Baal. In other words, 7,000 who are not worshiping that false god. You are not by yourself. If you're listening to this today as a child of God, please remember, you are not alone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, uh, to me, it's one of the most comforting passages in all the New Testament. It says that there is no temptation that's taken you, but such as is common to man. What that tells us is, if I'm struggling with something, I'm not alone in that. Someone else is struggling with it too. It's common to man. But then the end of that verse says, but God is faithful who will, with the temptation, also provide a way to escape that you may be able to bear it or endure it. It's not that God's going to take away the temptation. It's not that God's going to take away the difficulty, but he will provide a way for you to escape. He will provide a way for you to be victorious. And so we can take heart, we can take comfort in knowing that we are not alone as we strive to weather the different storms that we face in life. A second thought of application as we think about how Elijah weathered the storm is that God can use you. God can use you. You may feel like, I can't provide anything positive to the cause of Christ. I'm of no good. I'm of no use. Please don't ever feel that way because God can use you. Here's Elijah in in a very dark moment in his life. He's, He's ready to give up. And what does God do? He says, you get up and you go because there are individuals who need you. Think of the encouragement. That Elijah provided for Elisha. What if Elijah would have given up at that moment? What if he would have not gone forward into Damascus? What if he would have just stayed right there under the tree? What if he had taken his own life? Elisha wouldn't have had him as a mentor. Elisha wouldn't have had someone to look up to and to fill his shoes when Elijah was gone. You may never know the impact you have on someone from a negative perspective but also from a positive perspective And so you may say well i can't do anything i'm not doing anything positive listen by you being a faithful child of god you're encouraging others and so again just like elijah in this situation god can take a bad situation and turn it into a positive god can use you you know life has a way of getting us down just when things seem to be going right, just like Elijah, just when maybe we have a, a good victory. Maybe it's just having a good day. Maybe you struggle with, with alcohol and you're trying your best to fight it. And maybe you go a whole day and you don't have a sip, you don't have a drop, and you have that victory. But then something terrible happens and that's your first instinct. Or it may not be alcohol, maybe something else, maybe any sin that you're struggling with. Life just has a way of, of knocking us down. But as Christians, we can respond properly by looking to God. And as this podcast suggests, placing an unwavering faith in Him, knowing that He can carry us through. You know, many times we we may feel like Elijah, like throwing our hands up, like throwing in the towel and saying, what's the point? But let's remember that we're not alone and that we can be useful in the kingdom. And we can help others, which is what it's all about. As we close this episode today, I want to share some thoughts with you from season one. If you've been listening to Weather the Storm, you may remember this episode on weathering the storm of depression. We spent the entire episode on that. We also used the example of Elijah. But I want to bring these two thoughts back very quickly, and I hope that this will be helpful. I want to offer two main thoughts to two different audiences, two specific audiences. First, to those of you who are listening and you're struggling with depression, You're struggling with anxiety. You're struggling with worry. Let me just go on record to say if it is something that the doctors can help you with, if there's medicine you can take, if there are things that you can do, please, by all means, do those things. God expects us to use that wisdom and to use the common sense that if we can seek medical attention and help, then let's do that for sure. But I'm speaking more so on those who bring it upon themselves because of different things. Four things. Number one, get together with the right kind of people. You think about Judas. When he betrayed Jesus, he didn't go with the right people. He went away. But then you think about Peter. Yes, Peter denied Jesus three times. And But where did we find Peter? With others. With others who uh, were also with Jesus. And so don't be by yourself. Get together with the right kind of people. Number two, look for Positives. Look for positives every day. You have another day. You have another chance to live. Number three, be patient with yourself. You're not going to be able to overcome some things overnight. It might take time. Be patient. And number four, find your purpose. Everyone has a purpose. Find yours. What is it that makes you want to keep going? What is it that makes the day worth the living? Find your purpose. But now I want to address the audience those of you who are trying to help someone who's struggling with depression. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a, uh, it could be your spouse. It could be a member of the congregation where you attend. A co-worker. Someone that you know that's, that's struggling. Here are some thoughts for you. Number one, feed them physically and spiritually. Take them out to eat. If you're, if you're able to in your situation where you can do it, take them out to eat. Break bread with them. Or maybe just ask if if you can bring them something and eat with them at their house. There's something about sharing a meal with someone that can really just encourage you very, very much. But also spiritually, with the Word of God. Send them a text with a Bible verse, an encouraging verse. Or maybe ask them if they'd like to have a, a Bible study with you and be able to discuss some certain things. That can go a long, long way. Number two, listen to them. If someone's struggling with depression and anxiety, Don't don't close your ears to them. Listen to them. Maybe that's what they need and that'll help them uh, to get out of the rut. But third and finally, ask what you can do for them. The Bible teaches that Christians are to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2. And as we have opportunity to help those in need, especially those of the household of faith, Galatians 6.10. And so, yes, we may be battling this storm or we may know someone who's battling it. And we as Christians have a responsibility to approach these storms the right way. and So we can learn from Elijah how he was able to weather the storm. He stayed patient and he kept his focus in God. Even when he felt like giving up, he kept going. And I hope that's something that might be able to help you too. Even when you feel like giving up, keep going. Because heaven will surely be worth it all. I thank you so much for listening in today. And again, I hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.